Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio, number 262. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Today we're going to talk to a man who was diagnosed with cancer of the lower intestine, which is a relatively rare cancer, accounting for just over 2% of gastrointestinal malignancies. With any type of cancer, there are the usual family and allopathic pressures to undergo conventional treatment. The story of our guest today is unusual in that he spent 30 years in the pharmaceutical industry, but now cannabis is his drug of choice. And joining us from the United States is Jose, who doesn't want us to use his real name or which state he lives in, and we respect that. Jose, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Jose, you were diagnosed in March of 2018. What was your health like prior to your diagnosis? I would say it was uh, beyond excellent, to be honest. Uh, I had to uh, begin my journey into wellness and, and, um, and nutrition back when I was in my late teens. Uh, when I was in college, I discovered the, uh, the gym and I started uh, weightlifting. And over the years, I started uh, reading and getting more uh, information initially on the training portion of, of that uh, lifestyle. But eventually, you know, I uh, realized that nutrition was a key part of that of that lifestyle. So I started uh, immersing myself in, in everything that was related to nutrition and, and weight training. And over the years, I was able to um, change my eating habits and change my diet and evolve within the, you know, the weight training world, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to a point that it became my, you know, my lifestyle. It, it you know, uh, once I graduated from college, I was already, you know, uh, I had a very strict regimen of nutrition that I was following. And, um, and I was also, you know, very involved in, in, in training the physical, physical aspect of it. And throughout the years, I really did not deviate from it, uh, much, uh, if any at all. The only two occasions that I recall being away from the, you know, from the gym, uh, from, you know, substantial amount of time was during the birth of my, of my two children. But aside from that, you know, I was what you can define as a model of consistency and discipline when it came to to uh, training and, and nutrition. That's interesting because uh, in March of 2018, you uh, had some problems and you went to the doctors because you had blood in your stool, which is a sure sign that you have, have an issue. Tell us about uh, going to the doctor and being diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. Right. So up to that point, like I said, my health had been, you know, very, very good. Uh, I rarely had the need to go to the doctor before that. The only time that I had a need for that was in 2015 when I had an operation. You know, because of my years in training, I developed a, a bulging disc. 
in my back and I was losing a little bit of strength on my lower right leg. So I went through surgery back then, but it was, uh, even though it was a back surgery, it was still an outpatient uh, procedure. So uh, that was my first real encounter or real big, uh, you know, medical need to, to go to a doctor. Uh, move forward to late 2016, early 2017, I started noticing blood in uh, a little bit of tr traces of blood in my stool. And at the time, I didn't make much uh, of it because uh, I knew that my dad had uh, suffered from hemorrhoids in the past when he was in his 40s. So I figured, you know, it was just uh, genetics catching up to me at the time. So I put a, you know, a, uh, and because we were moving uh, to another state at the time uh, for a job opportunity that I found uh, around, you know, 2016, uh, I put off going to the to the doctor until December of 2017. So when I went to the doctor uh, on that uh, on that particular date, he examined me. Uh, he didn't find anything outside of the you know outside of the ordinary, but he did say that you know I needed to do a colonoscopy to make sure. Um, and, you know, have a better understanding of where this this blood was coming from. Uh, cancer for me was completely out of my radar, given my previous you know uh, health uh, condition. Uh, so I figured this is just you know hemorrhoids. Uh, so we uh, we have the appointment uh, delayed a little bit until March of 2018 because I had some issues with the uh, my medical plan. But, you know, March of uh, 2018 came and I went to the hospital with my wife and, um, you know, the usual, you know, they take you to the room, they prep you up. Uh, you know, the nurses at the time were very uh, talkative and very, you know, engaged in the conversation, trying to make us feel like this is, you know, this is nothing to worry about. It's just a routine uh, examination. Um, the doctor pretty much said the same, same thing. Uh, I do recall the anesthesiologist stopping by and he looked at my chart and he looked at me and he says, there's no way you're 53. I mean, you, you look like you're 25, you know? So, so I said, okay, well, I appreciate that. So, you know, I went into this procedure thinking, you know, that it's just going to confirm my, uh, my idea that this was just, you know, hemorrhoids. Uh, an hour later, I wake up in the recovery room and, uh, one of the nurses comes back. She starts removing all the tools from my from my arm, and she just says, uh, "You know, the procedure has been completed, and the doctor will be with you guys shortly to discuss the results." And she left. My wife and I looked at each other, and, and we thought, "Well, that's kind of odd because she had been quite a chatterbox before, and, and now she just limited herself to a couple of sentences, and then she's gone." Uh, so back comes the back comes the uh, doctor. And, uh, you know, he sits down, he takes a look at my wife, he looks at me and he says, we completed the, the procedure successfully. Uh, and we were able to find the, you know, the, you know, the, the procedence of your, of your bleeding. You have a mass uh, in, your, in your rectum. Um, it's about three, uh, four centimeters long. And it looks like it has all the characteristics of a cancerous tumor. And I mean, you can imagine my reaction when I heard the C word, you know, uh, that was the last thing that I thought it would 
you know, I would hear that day because, you know, I would never imagine that, you know, I would, I would get this. So um, it took me completely by surprise. Uh, um, you know, I didn't know what to say. My mind kind of just left the room at that time. And, and the only thing that I could think of at the time was, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, what did I do wrong? Where did, where did this come from? I mean, where, where in my journey, you know, did I take the, the wrong turn, you know? So uh, I come back to, I kind of gather myself and, you know, I started asking him questions, you know, uh, how long has this tumor been growing in, inside my body? And he said, well, I estimate anywhere between five to 10 years. And the moment he said that, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was kind of upset at the time, not with him, but just with the entire uh, medical system, because, you know, where I come from, you know, I was always told that colonoscopies, you know, are recommended when you, when you reach your fifties, you know, and here's this doctor telling me that this, this mass has been growing inside my body for the last five to 10 years. So I figure, you know, why are they, you know, leading, uh, you know, population, the population to think that you have to do this in your fifties when you can do this in your forties and, and avoid, you know, some of these, some of these uh, diagnoses, right? Uh, but regardless, you know, I find myself in this situation and, and, and I don't know what to do because, you know, cancer was never, uh, was never in my, in my, you know, in my radar, uh, none in my, uh, immediate family had, had had diagnosis, you know, none of my grandparents, grandparents from either side, my mom nor my dad's, uh, neither my dad or my mom had, had any, uh, history of cancer either. So, you know, for me, it was just something completely out of left field. And I was not prepared to deal with it uh, at the time because I just didn't have any information on it. Jose, what uh, was your wife's reaction to this? Well, she was right next to me. She immediately went into tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had had, from her family side, she uh, had had two uh, relatives that had died not too long ago from, from cancer. She had uh, an uncle that had died and he passed away three months after his diagnosis. And she had a cousin of hers that was very close to her. And she went through the entire ordeal, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, surgery, chemo, radiation. And, you know, she witnessed that or a portion of that because by, you know, by that time uh, we were kind of, you know, in different countries. But she witnessed how she... Uh, basically went from a healthy individual to to nothing. I mean, she she was uh, she started with a good attitude and, and, and you know fighting it, but at the very end she was just so tired and her physical uh, uh, you know her physical aspect was so deteriorated and she just basically said, "I'm I'm tired. I don't want to fight it anymore. I just want to go." And and she left. I mean, she 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 left us. You know, she just did have no no more fight inside of her. I mean, mm-hmm. all these treatments have taken everything out of her. Jose, what sort of treatment did the doctor offer you? So at that point, he started you know giving giving me details of the overall treatment, and he you know he mentioned the surgery. He started talking about the nature of the surgery, uh, how much of the of the um, low intestine he had to remove. Uh, the number of incisions, the recovery time, 
he mentioned how I would have to wear a stoma bag. I did not even know what a stoma was. I mean, I, I, I was completely, I mean, this took me completely by surprise. I didn't know what that was. And he was explaining to me, you know, what the purpose of it was, how I would have to wear it. Um, at the time, he wasn't sure whether I would need chemo uh, or radiation, but uh, more, you know, the result of pathology would determine that, you know, in the near future. So, I just want to, Jose, I just want to interrupt here to give listeners an idea. Uh, I didn't know what a stoma was either. And okay. so I had, to, I, I had to look it up. And it says a stoma is an opening on the abdomen that can be connected to either your digestive or urinary system to allow waste to be diverted out of your body. It looks like a small pinkish circular piece of flesh that is sewn to your body. And it may yep. lay, uh, lie fairly flat to your body or protrude out. Over the top of the stoma, you will wear a pouch, which can be either closed or have an opening at the bottom. Your stoma has no nerve ending, so you should feel no pain from it. That's a, that's a stoma. Yeah, well, I didn't know what it was at the time. And, you know, he was, uh, he continued the explanation of the surgery. And, and all this time, I'm trying to digest all of this, which is, uh, you know, a lot of those terms were new to me. And, you know, by the end of the explanation, I, I kept thinking to myself, you know, um, you were talking about removing an essential part of my, of the inside of my body. And, you know, I always been uh, a person who admire, you know, the nature and the majest the majestic of the human body. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me that you need to remove this. What is going to be my life after that? I mean, how I, I just, I was... I just couldn't understand how he was offering this type of treatment uh, to cure something that seems to be coming from a cellular level. So at that moment, I realized he's just addressing the symptoms. He's not addressing the problem from the root cause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my background in engineering and and the way that I've been involved in, 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 in training and all that, uh, to me, I need to find the root cause of things, you know, and addressing the symptoms is, is not going to solve anything, you know. But, you know, I let him had his talk and, you know, we left the, we left the, um, the hospital that day, uh, came back home and it was just doom and gloom that day. I mean, it was just, uh, we didn't know, I mean, we were just devastated. Um, but, you know, seeing how my wife was really not, uh, you know, she was she was really uh, affected by by the news. I realized, you know, one of the two have to uh, stay focused and and start getting and, and and having a plan because what he had explained to me, uh, I need to do a lot of research on that, and I wasn't comfortable with what I heard, you know, uh, on that day. So. Um, and, and, you know, and like I said, we had just moved to another state uh, because of, of an opportunity uh, for me, a job opportunity. So we didn't have any friends or any family nearby to rely on. And and my wife is one that, you know, she she needs she needs that physical presence of other people to give her support when, you know, when things like this happen. So I needed to, to stay strong. I needed to stay focused. And I started. Uh, to immerse myself in, in in the internet, you know, I I I guess I'm grateful for the internet because uh, you know this is the the this is the the place that I relied op, uh, upon to to gain uh, knowledge of this. 
So I started, you know, going into a number of different number of different sites to, you know, understand the, you know, the the nature of the of the uh, of the type of cancer that I had, uh, the location of it. Uh, one thing that I made me feel a little bit at ease was that it was not a fast-moving cancer. It, 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 you know, he said that it was slow-progressing uh, uh, type of cancer. So, you know, with that in mind, I said, okay, I may have a little bit of time here. So, so let's not panic. And and I started, you know, I started uh, going into different sites, and, and you know, and the internet could be positive and it could be negative. You know, you're going to find things that are encouraging, and then you're going to find other pieces of information that are going to make you wonder, you know. But at the end, like I said, you know, I, I needed to be the one that stayed focused. So in my time that I spent uh, finding uh, alternative uh, uh, you know, treatments, I came across uh, the story of this gentleman from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. He was a, 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 a gentleman that had a similar situation. But his diagnosis uh, was in his early 20s. I believe he was 24 when he was diagnosed. And that's rather young for somebody with this type of cancer. And the way that he, the way that he, that he um, overcame the, the, you know, the, the situation was that he did, he did a whole uh, sale, basically a, a whole uh, holistic approach in terms of his diet. He changed his diet. And he also did uh, juicing of carrots. And he had a protocol that he was following, uh, that he was in, uh, basically drinking 40 ounces of carrot every day. And, you know, and that's, and that's the first, you know, uh, alternative method that I, that I found. Um, in the meantime, you know, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, more testing and, and more uh, meetings with his first doctor. And, and I continue my research. Uh, up to this point, I have not found, you know, anything on cannabis yet because I just, you know, I was just concentrating on this first uh, method that I found. So, uh, you know, time continued to move, to move along. Um, like I said, I wasn't really convinced that this doctor had, uh, you know, I was just not convinced of his technique. Uh, I think I thought it was just too invasive. And I started looking for, uh, you know, another doctor that would provide a second opinion. So on my third visit to this first doctor, uh, this was the visit that he was uh, going to schedule a surgery. Um, you know, my wife and I went there and we told him that uh, we, uh, we were going to look for a second opinion. And I, and I had already done my research and I already found a doctor who had a, a different technique. He practiced what is called laparos laparoscopic um, surgery. And this is basically a technique in which you use a robot to do the, the procedure. And, you know, the interaction of the, of the doctor with the, the body of the patient is, is, is minimal. So it's, it's less invasive in that sense. And, you know, the recovery should be, you know, it, it's faster. Uh, complications should be, uh, you know, should be less. And, uh, you know, the outcome should be a better outcome. So, you know, when, when I told this first doctor that I want a second opinion, you know, his body language changed. Uh, you know, he, he was, you know, he just, that body language told me that he was not very happy that I was going to go to, you know, to another doctor to, to seek advice. And at that very moment, I realized this is not the doctor for me because if you're a professional in the medical field and you do not welcome a second opinion from a peer, 
then to me, you just do not have the professional maturity, you know, uh, to do what you're doing. So, so you, you went to this second doctor and then uh, underwent the procedure. Yes. So yeah. I, you know, and, and, and during all this process, you know, my wife gets getting a little bit concerned, you know, about the, the way that I am going about things in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of my approach to, you know, I changed my diet, you know, I followed this protocol from, from this guy that I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not started juicing yet because I wanted to see what of the changes that I was making was actually going to make, you know, uh, was going to be positive. So I didn't want to mix, mix things things up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started changing my diet. I, I had told both of the doctors, I told, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm observing less uh, traces of blood in my, uh, in my, in my uh, stool. I think this is working. Uh, I'm, I, I would really like to delay the surgery if possible because I don't think that is necessary at this time. And, you know, you told me that the, the cancer is slow growing. So... Uh, and I, you know, we had several uh, basically conversations around this, and I kept pushing towards not having the surgery because I knew I was going to make a mistake. I knew the surgery was a, was going to be a huge mistake. And they start, you know, with the typical tactics of, you know, uh, putting some fear into you. This is a high risk. You know, you you're putting your 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 family in jeopardy. Your your health is in jeopardy. You cannot wait that long. Blah blah blah. And, you know, but most of all, it was my wife, you know, seeing how was she not comfortable and she was really nervous about it and she was not, uh, you know, uh, comfortable with this. Uh, we kind of, you know, agreed to a compromise. I said, okay, so I'm going to have the surgery, but I'm not going to have chemo and I'm going to have, I'm not, I'm not going to have radiation no matter what. So in May of 2018, I went through the procedure. Um, it's a four or five hour long procedure. I wake up, I have, you know, the stoma bag uh, on, on my stomach, and that's when the depression starts to set in because I could not believe that I, you know, that I had done what I did. I knew that this was going to change my life, you know, and, and you know, I was, I was, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do from that point on. But When did cannabis was, enter into the picture? So cannabis, uh, you know, I believe, if I recall correctly, uh, just prior to the surgery, I stumbled upon the uh, the documentary, you know, the, the run from the cure. Mm-hmm. And it was either before the surgery or shortly after the surgery. And, you know, when I when I read, uh, you know, what what the, Rick Simpson was, you know, basically discovered, right? Uh, I was amazed. I said, you see, my... All this time I was thinking there's got to be something natural that is effective and it doesn't have, you know, side effects. And I found it, you know, when I, when I, when I stumbled into this documentary, I became obsessed and I started just doing more research. But now I'm concentrating only on cannabis, only on cannabis. But then, you know, the unfortunate thing for me was that I had just moved to this state in which cannabis had been made legal in 2016, but the program had not been rolled out yet because of some delays uh, in the system. So I had, you know, no connections to anybody at the time. I was new in town. I didn't, I was not a small uh, user myself. So I didn't have any really access to it, even though, you know, I saw that it was really what I wanted to do. Um, So I had, you know, and, and, and then I realized that I could get a card, a medical marijuana card, 
but I couldn't go to another state and bring it back because the loss of the state that I was living did not allow for that. Right. You know, you could you could consume it outside of the state, but if you bring it back and you're caught, then you you know you're gonna be you're gonna be charged. Yeah, you got some issues. Exactly. So when when did you actually get started on it then? So I went through the, the the surgery. They put my stoma in. Three months later, they take my stoma down. Now I have a different piping, if you will, inside of me. And right after that, uh, this is in August of 2018. The program is still not rolled out in the state, and it's not until January of 2019 that the first dispensary opened. And when it did, I immediately called, and they said that they only had flowers. Mm-hmm. And the the other issue that I had was now we have a dispensary open, but they don't have flowers. And the reason they don't have any more uh, options is because the state does not allow for dispensaries to import products or uh, you know from other states. So they you can only the dispensaries are only are only allowed to sell what is produced within the state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I said, I don't need the flour. I need the oil. I, kn- I knew what I needed. At that point, I was, I was very, you know, uh, very well versed in, in what cannabis, you know, could do. The dosage, you know, the THC, sativas, indicas, you name it. I was on top of it. I just didn't have access to it. So, you know, I waited until the program rolled out and they become available. And it is not until... June of that same year, 2018, that I was able to get my first product, and it was a tincture because the oil was not still available. And you know, I get a 30 milliliter bottle, and I started with a quarter of a dropper. Uh, this was about 14.3 milli, uh, milligrams per milliliter. Uh, so a quarter would be about just over three milligrams. So this is microdosing. This is really small, right? I Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my reaction was going to be, but I knew that this was what I needed. And and I started taking it, and I started taking it, and over time, you know, I was able to, you know, uh, increase my tolerance to it. Uh, the very couple, you know, the very first couple times, uh, you know, it gave me a little bit of a buzz. So, you know, the more the more I I started to ingest, you know, the the higher the higher the uh, you know the the, the effects were, mm-hmm. um, and then I went through a couple of those 30 ml bottles. I would say maybe in two, maybe two and a half months, and then they brought the first oil, and it was just a one milliliter syringe, you know. Right. But hey, that's better than nothing. So I immediately uh, purchased it, and that was my first my first oil, and this was about a. Uh, 22% THC. Um, Which is uh, very low when it comes to cannabis oil, just yes. so listeners yep. know. Exactly. Uh, but I was able eventually to get, you know, a better product. And uh, let me see if I can get the numbers right here. So, you know, the latest one that I was able to to um, to purchase had um, 588 milligrams per uh, uh Let's see, 0.85 grams. So that comes around, I would say, about 70% or so, you know, approximately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and like I said, I have been increasing my dosage uh, to the point that I can handle, you know, my daily activities. 
and I have not looked back ever since. Have you, know, you have, not, have you been yeah. doing this um, three times a day or just at night or I'm doing this in the morning uh, before I uh, I lost my job you know I was right. doing it in the in the morning and then I was doing it at night right um, and I was putting as much as I as my body would uh, tolerate without affecting my daily activities right um, and then you know I was in my I, I was on my way to increase my you know my my dosage when I received the news that I, you know, that uh, I was not going to be able to continue with my job. And then now I'm in a kind of a catch-22 situation because, you know, I cannot take it because I have to clean up my body for potential testing that I'm going to go undergo, you know, when, when the next job comes around. So right. what, where are you now as far as your, this cancer, this whole cancer diagnosis? So um, I... I don't go to the doctors, you know, I just don't go to the doctors. Uh, my wife wanted me to go to, uh, you know, in 2018, when I was going through the, through the surgeries, she wanted me to go to um, the oncologist just to see what they had to, you know, what they have to, to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time I went to one of these oncologists, I brought with me a set of questions, uh, about 13 of those, and I would challenge them. And I wanted my wife to witness the the nonsense, the stupidity of of that treatment, of that idea, mm -hmm. because I cannot, I could, I could just not conceive how can this, you know, uh, people can call this, you know, uh, you know, a treatment. It just makes no sense to me, and you know, I never. Uh, you know, I never let them convince me otherwise. And, you know, every time I, I left the, uh, the office, you know, I just said, you know, the, the, their, their answers convinced me of, you know, what I was, you know, what I already knew, you know, this is just, it makes no sense. You know, you're going to expose your body to these, to these chemicals that are going to lower your immune system. They're going to jeopardize your immune system and you're going to be, you know, attacking cancer cells at the same time, you're, you're attacking, you know, healthy cells. And then, you know, you're going to be exposed to other uh, conditions that are going to you know, potentially harm you in the long or short runs. You know, I said, this does makes no sense to me. So, you know, I, the only thing that I do, I, every now and then I get a blood test um, just to, you know, you know, make sure that my organs and are functioning, you know, properly. Uh, but I don't. I don't visit doctors. I just don't go to the doctors. Jose, Jose, I, know, I know that cannabis is the medicine, and I don't need anything else. Jose, you at the initial uh, part of this program, you described your health prior to your diagnosis as being excellent. How would you yep. describe your health today? Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm back to it. Yeah. I mean, Good. aside from having to deal with going a little bit more frequently to the to the bathroom because of the surgery, yeah, I was able to go back to the gym. I was able to, you know, to um, my my diet. Of course, has changed. You know, uh, has changed a bit, but it hasn't deterred me from my lifestyle. You know, I was able to to gain, put on weight because you know I was before surgery and before the diagnosis, I was in my 
uh, normal weight around 155. Uh, and then uh, after the surgeries and the changes in diet at the time, I went down to about 127. Uh, so how tall are you? How tall are you, Jose? I'm five eight. Five eight. So yeah. you were you were quite thin at one twenty seven. Uh oh yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, Jose, yeah. what's what's been the biggest lesson through this whole whole ordeal with you? You know, coming from being in pharmaceuticals uh, in, in the industry for thirty years, and you know realizing that we have this medicine that is not accessible and the government has not made it accessible to the population, to the citizens, you know, for so long. And, and this, this, you know, because of, of greed and, 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 you know, my biggest lesson is I cannot understand why us as human beings can, can treat each other the way that we do. You know, this, this is beyond my understanding, you know, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical company gets a bad rap, and understandably so, right? Because, you know, when you look at it, you know, profits come before the patients. And, you know, I've worked for a number of companies in which, you know, I would say we produce some of the greatest, you know, products uh, there are. You know, I, I remember working from uh, a company that produced, uh, we manufacture ophthalmic products, and those products were excellent. You know, I, I, I used them, my family used them, they were, uh, you know, safe and effective. And then I worked for other companies that have been found in courts of law, you know, to, to really have done some serious damage to the population. So, you know, having this, this plant available to the public and not make it accessible to it, it's just one of the biggest lessons for me. I cannot understand why we treat each other the way that we do. Jose, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. I just want to ask you a, a final question here about uh, your relationship with your wife. Your wife yep. uh, wanted you to undergo conventional treatment. It's my mm-hmm. understanding. And yep. you, you switched to cannabis, which has done wonders for you. Uh, was there... Any marital marital uh, conflict there? No. Even though at the beginning she was kind of concerned about the way that I was heading in a natural path to recover, to you know, to recovery, to healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once I was able to explain to her and show her all the information, she's now as strong as advocate of cannabis as I am. So she got it. And, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I mean, I, it was just a matter of showing her. I mean, because I have, I'm telling you, I have gone into the internet and I have brought out all the times, you know, all studies. You know, Bob Melamed, Hamir Lanouche, uh, um, um, Paul Hornsby, um, you name it, Raphael Michelum. You know, all the science there is out there. You know, uh, uh, Professor Guzman in Spain. And then your story, uh, Corey, and then Rick Simpson's. I mean, and the amount of people uh, that have come forward and shared their stories. I mean, there's nothing more that 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 she needs. You know, she's completely yeah. on board with this. Uh, of course, you know, she's 
trying to also find a job now, so she's not able to to consume it. But she will be joining me, you know, as soon as we, as soon as, we, as, soon as she gets settled. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And my and my children the same way. I mean, I, you know, I went back to my country uh, this past Christmas, you know, and I was sharing and I was sharing the truth, you know. They were all surprised. I have kept this secret. Uh, uh, of my family, the only people that knew were my parents, mm-hmm. um, and and I was, you know, I started sharing all the stories, everything, you know, and it, and it has opened my eyes not only to cannabis, but the entire medical system, and the way that it has been, you know, developed over the years, uh, and and the way that it has affected, you know us as citizens, you know. It's interesting uh, you say that because once you discover cannabis, you'll never look at the medical system the same way again. Never. Oh, no. Nobody no. nobody does. No. No. And I mean, it's I, remarkable. That's I, I, I just yeah. uh, Jose, you you've got a fantastic story. 30 years in the pharmaceutical industry. Cannabis is now your your medicine of choice. You're healthy again. And is there anything you want to say in conclusion? Uh, well, first of all, I would like for listeners to, you know, you have to step out of these conventional uh, media outlets, you know, the, the mainstream media, and, and you have to, in order to, f- to find the truth, you have to follow the money trail. To me, that did it, okay? As soon as I started realizing that, you know, anybody that has, you know, some financial uh, motivation behind their motives, you know, that's that's the wrong way to go, right? And 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 for me, when I learn about Rick Simpson, Rick Simpson, the way that he took upon, you know, the the you know the the Canadian uh, judicial system, the, his his fight all these years, um, you know, your 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 uh, your journey, uh, Corey. I mean, these for me are the true heroes, and these are the people that I listen to, you know, right now. Uh, you know, doing the things that you do and expecting nothing in return and, you know, not getting any monetary gains out of this, this to me is the true definition of, uh, of, of humanity, you know. And, and, you know, for listeners out there that, uh, you know, are struggling uh, with you know, whether to engage in this, in this uh, process or not, you know, don't be afraid. This is the medicine. This is the, there's nothing, there's nothing in the pharmaceutical arsenal that even comes close to cannabis. Not even comes close to cannabis. And this is 30 years of pharmaceutical speaking here. Okay, and I have been in the far, in the in the manufacturing side of, of pharmaceuticals my entire career, and I have been you know I I've been responsible for manufacturing lots seeing how they, you know, are produced, you know, and the companies that I work for, the products that I have been around with, nothing compares with the, with the, with the magic of cannabis. I mean, the way that this plant can address numerous, numerous uh, uh, ailments, uh, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm just amazed by the way that this, this, this plant, uh, uh, you know, behaves and, and, and the, I mean, it's just truly magical to me. There's, there's nothing more to it. And like I said, you know, I don't need doctors for me right now. Allopathic medicine comes in last place. Unless I have a, an emergency, I mean, I don't need anything else. I, I just don't need it. You know, I feel healthy. I feel vibrant. I feel energetic. 
and and I know that I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the right thing. And, you know, for anybody out there that have any concerns, start slow, get your tolerance level up slowly, and you'll see the benefits, you know, you'll, you'll see the benefits, but don't shy away from it because, I mean, the side effects are very, very minimal in comparison to the benefits that these that it's plants provide. It's it's a travesty what we have done, you know, over the years, not, not making this available to the public. Jose, very well put. And we thank you very much for sharing your story. It's fascinating. Yeah, I thank you guys for the work that you're doing. Uh, keep it up and keep spreading the word. I think that, you know, people need to wake up. Thanks so much, Jose. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. I'd like to thank our producer, Ron Zahar, for donating his studio and his time so we can bring you Cannabis Health Radio. Also, Mark Viel in Belgium, who posts our podcasts on YouTube. We don't mention YouTube as much as we should, do no, we, Gord? No, we don't. So let's mention it. YouTube. Let's mention YouTube. Let's Check mention us out on, on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> and we... <laughs> Ron's got a thumbs up. Thank you, Ron. And we thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.